Hello, my name is Adriana, and welcome to Psalm by Psalm. I am so excited to read Psalm 107 with you today. It's a little bit longer than the previous two psalms that we've read together, but nonetheless, I'm really excited, and I would just love to go ahead and pray. Dear God, thank you so much for the sacred space that you have divinely carved out for us to read your word together. I pray that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we may understand what it is you are teaching us. I thank you for the precious truth that you are with us, and I am amazed at your glory as it is revealed in Psalm 107. So I pray that you would open our eyes to your glory as we read your word. In your precious name, amen. Psalm 107 is so incredibly special to me because anytime I've had the chance to sit down with a woman through discipleship, I've always made it a point to go over this specific scripture because Psalm 107 really details the magnificence of our God beautifully. He is active. (laughs) This scripture is worth storing in your heart because this is the God we serve. We don't serve a weak, distant, incapable God. We serve a magnificent, powerful king. (laughs) And with that, I am so excited to read you Psalm 107. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble, and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons, for they had rebelled against the words of God, and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labor, they fell down with none to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of the darkness, the darkness of the shadow of death, and burst their bonds apart. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for the wondrous works to the children of man. For he shatters the doors of bronze and cuts into the bars of iron. Some were fools through their sinful ways, and because of their iniquities suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food. And they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them, and delivered them from their destruction. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. And let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving, and tell of his deeds in songs of joy. Some went down to the sea in ships, doing business on the great waters, They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep, for he commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven, they went down to the depths, their courage melted away in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men, and they were at their wit's end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad, and the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. 
Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. Let them extol him in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. He turns rivers into a desert, springs of water into thirsty ground, a fruitful land into a salty waste because of the evil of its inhabitants. He turns a desert into pools of water, a parched land into springs of water, and there he lets the hungry dwell and they establish a city to live in. They sow fields and plant vineyards and get a fruitful yield. By his blessing, they multiply greatly, and he does not let their livestock diminish. When they are diminished and brought low, through opposition, evil, and sorrow, he pours contempt on princes and makes them wander in trackless wastes. But he raises up the needy out of affliction and makes their families like flocks. The upright see it and are glad and all wickedness shuts its mouth. Whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. Let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord. All right. (laughs) So good. I am so excited to break this psalm up and unpack it. I would say that there are six different parts to this psalm, beginning with part number one. So part number one, we open the psalm with, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, And then it says, Let the redeemed of the Lord, that's us, who he has redeemed from trouble, Gather in from the lands, from the east, from the west, from the north, and from the south. That is so poetic. That is so beautiful. Basically saying that God redeems everyone from everywhere. No one. Not a single soul left behind. Precious. Later in Paul's letter to Timothy, his first letter to Timothy, Paul tells us that God wants all people to be saved. He wants all people to come to knowledge of the truth. How wonderful that we don't have an exclusive God. And we have a God who redeems us from actual broken, terrible places. One of my favorite things about Jesus is that he is unafraid. (laughs) He touches those who are untouchable. Have you ever felt untouchable? If you know me or if you listen to the past chair, I think you'd know I'd say. So have I. You are touchable. You are lovable. And I mean it. I've seen the way Jesus interacts with people in the Bible and in my life. There's not a soul he couldn't love. So I mentioned that there are six parts to Psalm 107. So moving on to part two. This part details the wanderers. So it opens up with some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty. So a wanderer is someone who goes around life without a plan, without ambition. And right here it says that their soul fainted within them. And they cried out to the Lord and he delivered, delivered them from their distress. How wonderful that God delivers us. He gives us direction. We ask and we cry out for God, please make make straight your path before me I will follow it's so great that God leads us from glory to glory and that verse has always fascinated me because it's not about this like health wealth and prosperity gospel please like bind my neck with a millstone and throw me into the deepest parts of the sea if I ever like perpetuated that kind of that kind of mantra I want to teach you the true gospel Um, And so the true gospel is that, yes, God does lead us from glory to glory. Um, 
in the sense that we are changed into the same image of the Lord. Second Corinthians 3.18, it says, But we all, with open face beholding, as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are being changed into that same image, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So how wonderful that the more time we spend in God's Word, the more reflective we are of Jesus. And Jesus Christ is the most radiant, wonderful, necessary how do I, my words limit God. My words limit God. They genuinely do. Anyway, Jesus is worthy and gives direction into our life. One way you can pray this is ask the Lord to give you direction. Cry out to him, Lord, please give me direction in my life. And I promise he will. All right, so part three of Psalm 107 details the prisoner. So it says in verse 10, Some sat in darkness, in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons. They rebelled against the words of God. So I want to stop right there and say that there are different kinds of prisoners. Some people are in prison for the gospel right now. To this day, people are thrown in prison for their faith. Christians are still crucified. And did they do anything wrong? No. They're prisoners for the sake of the gospel. As was Paul and so many other of the apostles. So that's one kind of prisoner. Then, of course, (laughs) there is a metaphorical prison. I'm not sure if you've seen the Star Wars movie Rogue One. There's a scene in that movie that makes my jaw just hit the floor. There's a man talking to a woman about valor and about being brave, and the fear of prison comes up. And then she says something that has really stuck with me. She says, there's more than one sort of prison, Captain. I sense you carry yours wherever you go. Some of us carry a prison everywhere we go. What do you hide in your prison? You don't have to tell me. But I encourage you to tell someone. Because Jesus calls us to walk in the light of life. Not because he enjoys hurting us. Because I know it can be an incredibly painful thing to be vulnerable but because he enjoys seeing us walk in freedom and in healing. And there's so much healing when you confess your sin to another person who looks at you in love and tells you the truth. And then you repent. Ask God to help you repent from your sins. There's nothing more worthwhile than walking in freedom. And of course, there's another kind of prison. There's a prison for people do horrible things. You know, the toothless gospel does nothing to me. There has to be a justice that is executed. There is a wrath that needs to be poured out. There have been absolute atrocities committed to men, to children, to women across the world. And punishment devoid of grace, it's not justice. And God is a God of justice. Divine wrath is never inflicted without ample warning. Sometimes people say, oh, the God of the Old Testament is so mean, but I fundamentally disagree. I think the God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. And maybe we can explore that later, but I really want to emphasize this next part. This is how God deals with prisoners, regardless of the kind of prisoner you are. He delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. He shatters the doors of bronze and cuts in two the bars of iron. This is the God we serve. So powerful to burst bonds apart. Close your eyes and picture bonds bursting. 
glorious. That's who God is. A God who bursts bonds apart. All right, and now part four of Psalm 107, the fool. So before we continue, I need need you to understand the weight of the word fool. This is one of the worst insults you could ever throw at a person. That's why in Proverbs when it says, a fool believes there is no God. That's one of the nouns that holds so much weight. Fool is one of them. Lord, that I would never be a fool. Anyway, this is how God treats fools, (laughs) who cry out to him at least. Some were fools through their sinful ways. Is that not the truth? Wow. And because of their iniquities, suffered affliction. How many times have I been afflicted because of what I did to myself? So many. Anyway, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. And this is one of my absolute favorite verses in all of scripture. It's something that I pray quite often. It is Psalm 107 verse 20. He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. One more time. He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. God heals fools through his word. You are not a fool if you know the word of God. In Isaiah 49, 2, it says, He has made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me into a polished arrow and concealed me in his quiver. My prayer is that your mouth would be like a sword, a sharpened sword, and not that of a fool. Praise God for his redemption. (laughs) Praise God who saved a fool like me. (laughs) Really meditate on that. He sent out his word and healed him. How many times has God sent his word, like pieces of scripture, coming into your mind at the just right time? That's God speaking into you. That's the voice of the Holy Spirit. God does that every single day, every single second of the day. That I would never hear, where is God? He's right there in the word. Right there in your heart. How beautiful. But I don't want to discount the fact that we do see God in our lives through action. I pray that God would move crystal clear in your life. That you would look and that you would see that is God. That was the hand of my God in my actual life. I own no one. I own nothing apart from my God. I'm pretty skeptical by nature, but (laughs) there have been so many times where where I've seen God's supernatural action in my life. And I don't say that to freak you out. I've, I've been on mission trips and like been actually praying like, Lord, please send me someone to share the gospel with. And then like in actual tears, just like, God, this is hopeless. And then right then God sends a woman. And mm, after I prayed, God, I'm hopeless. <laughs> that you would sing the truth of God's supernatural action in your daily life. That's powerful, powerful, powerful stuff. And it doesn't make sense if you're not a believer. In 1 Corinthians it says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us, it's the power of God. Alright, now moving on to part 5, Sailors in a Storm. So, Sailors in a Storm. Can you picture yourself out at sea? It's so cool that we live in a time where we can watch movies like Heart of the Sea or read books like Moby Dick and really imagine like being in waves ah is there anything more scary than the ocean right there in verse um 24 it says they saw the deeds of the lord his wondrous works in the deep that's so poetic 
I read somewhere that like we've only explored like a really tiny percentage of the ocean. Like we know more about space than we do our own ocean. Like how vast is the ocean? It's such incredible imagery. Anyway, ocean, terrifying. And some sailors, when encountered this, the waves, their courage melted away. Their courage melted away. Have you been there where your courage just melted away? I've, I have. Honestly, I'm not brave apart from God. I've done some brave things, but that's all because of Jesus Christ's glory. I don't think there's ever been a time in my life when I've been unafraid. But what's beautiful is that, that God makes us so brave. It happens through prayer. It happens through confidence in his word. And when they cried out to the Lord, he made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. In Matthew 8 and Mark 4, that's where Jesus Christ calms the storm with his hand. It's such a beautiful story of how God, with just two words, peace, still, an entire ocean to unhalt. That's the God we serve. That's the God we trust. Put your hand over your heart and say, peace, peace. God has such capacity to calm us. And moving on to the final part of Psalm 107, this details God's capacity to change what seems unchangeable. He turns rivers into deserts, and he also turns deserts into pools of water, parched land into springs of water. Is there a part of your life that seems unchangeable? Think about that. What part of my life seems unchangeable? Pray and ask God to change it, because God can change a desert into a pool of water. God is faithful to raise us up out of affliction and make our families like flocks. He is faithful to break generational curses because of his steadfast love. Jesus Christ is unlike any other deity because he's the only deity. I read a book by Ravi Zacharias called Jesus Among Other Gods, and Jesus is unlike anyone else. One of my favorite verses in all of scripture is found within Micah 7. I would love to read it to you. It's Micah 7, 18 through 20. This is referring to God. Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. He will cast all of our sins into the depths of the sea. He will show faithfulness. And steadfast love. How beautiful. Like we were just talking about the ocean. It's so scary and we and it's incomprehensible. But it says right there that God casts our sin into the very bottom of the depths of the sea. Thank you. I'm gonna end this one in prayer. Dear God, thank you for your love, for your pardon. Lord, I am so undeserving. Yet you lavish your love on me. You lavish your forgiveness on me. Thank you for the inexplicable gift that is your love and your joy. I can't wait to be with you for eternity. Thank you that you are here. Thank you that you teach us. I pray that um, you would speak this truth into us, just like you say in, in, in the scripture, that you sent out your word and heal us. So please send out your word again and heal us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I love you. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.